Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Hey, yo. For over 30 years and still, and still, your inside look into boxing and mixed martial arts. You know what? As long as she fights me 135 pounds, I don't care if she's injecting a horse demon into her eyeballs. Heard live around the world. And brought to you by the World Boxing Organization. And now, and now, live from the Ring Talk Studios in San Francisco, here's the host of the longest running fight show in history, Pedro Fernandez. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mighty Sports Byline SB Nation Radio Network. My name is Pedro Fernandez. The man was correct. You often imitated, but never duplicated, undisputed heavyweight champion of the radio airways, folks, having defended that title off for better than 34 years. And today, we've got two hours, of course, here live on Sports Byline. We'll talk some MMA, we'll talk some boxing. Hour number one, we're going to concentrate on the world of boxing, of course, this past Saturday night. Pretty good fight. Showtime championship boxing from the home of the Brooklyn Nets. I'm talking about, man, the Barclays Center here. Rock and roll. Of course, Adrian Broner, the lazy guy. The guy I always call chubby, unmotivated. Well, last night he wasn't so chubby. Looked like he was in pretty good shape at 144. And he and Jesse Vargas put on a pretty good dance for 12 rounds. Remember, boxing is a dance. It requires a dance partner. Just can't go with one person being, you know, all in the game. It's got to be two guys. Last night, it was two guys back and forth. And, of course, the second half of the fight, Groner climbed back in. The eventual scores were 116-114. The daughter of the great Harold Letterman, Julie Letterman, had a 116, I think, yeah, back 115-113 for Broner. That's two uh, two-point advantage. And the other two judges had a 114-114, a draw. We'll hear from Broner, and we'll hear from Vargas a little bit later. And, of course, I have had to censor Adrian Broner. Why censor Broner? Because I'd get fired if I didn't. You're tuned to the Sports Byline SB Nation Radio Network. This is your show. You can join me, if you'd like, on the toll-free 1-800-878-PLAY. That's 1-800-878-7529. Of course, the guilt-free, no-commitment text line. Leave a comment, 415 415- 275-1613. That's 415-275-1613. You're tuned to Ring Talk live on Sports Byline and SB Nation Radio Sports. There's hella Mexicans this Everybody keep booing me and They want rice and chicken. I want some motherfuckers that want some conies around me. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit one quick three-minute phone call that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number 800-603-0885 800-603-0885 that's 800-603-0885 Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 855-325-1780. 855-325-1780. That's 855-325-1780. 
If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down. 1-888-983-3890. That's 1-888-983-3890. When you call, you'll speak with a Social Security disability expert and get a free evaluation to see if you may qualify for disability insurance benefits from the U.S. government. That's right, a monthly cash payment paid directly to you from the Social Security Administration. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied disability benefits, call now. The disability attorneys at Pinnacle Disability can help you build your case, file an appeal, and represent you at no upfront cost to you. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 1-888-983-3890 for your free case evaluation. That's 1-888-983-3890. 1-888-983-3890. Call now. Censoring. Thank you very much. I'll be, I, man, let me see my, hey, I'll be, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Look at his face. It looked like I beat him with they beat my um, Martin Luther King with, man. You know what? I'm going to be honest. I'm an honest man. We went at it for 12 rounds. That's what we it was. We ain't going at it. That's gay. Okay. We can do it again. We can go at it. It's gay. I beat your ass. We can do it again. I beat your ass like you stole something. I beat your ass like you got suspended from school. I beat your ass tomorrow. like you stole my bus. We can go and get tomorrow if you want. Huh? You heard me. You bruised up. I'm ready to fight right now, fool. Come on, man. You need your face cut up. You need peroxide. You need peroxide and alcohol. You need to settle down. You need peroxide and alcohol. Boy, your face on 6ix9ine right now. You a blood. All right. Did you think you won the fight? I thought I won the fight. But at the end of the day, I can't argue and I can't dispute the judge's decision. Why do you think you won the fight? Because I was landing clean, effective blows from the outside. And then I settled in, find the inside, hit him with some clean, hard body shots. I thought it was a good fight. I thought it was up. But at the end of the day, I can't, I can't dispute the decision from the judges. You threw a lot more punches, over 800. You certainly won the early rounds, but it seemed like Adrian came back in those middle rounds and won those. What happened to the complexion of the fight during those middle rounds? If that's your fair assessment of the fight, does that argue with the judge's decision? No, but I'm asking you a question. What do you believe happened, and that's how the judge's cards reflected as well? Well, it wasn't far off, so that means that it must have been a close fight for every judge to have it close. Two of them had it a draw, the other had it a close fight. Did you think that you had won the fight going into the 12th round? I did. I felt that it was a good fight. I thought I was up by two rounds. Personally, but like I said, I'm not looking from the outside. I'm finding the inside, so I'm relying on the judges to make the right decisions. Did the cut in the 11th round bother you as the fight for the final two rounds? It did, but this is a fight. We can't make any excuses. If there's a cut, if there's a bruise, we need to keep fighting, and that's exactly what I did. I gave the fans a show. I gave the fans, fight fans here in Brooklyn a show. I hope that they enjoyed it. And we hope to come back and do it again soon. And you said you'd like to fight him again, correct? Of course. We'll, we'll run it back. Okay. Adrian, why do you feel that you won the fight? First of all, I want to thank God for, 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 for nobody getting seriously hurt. Y'all can boo. It's cool. Um, second of all, you know, I want to thank Jesse Vargas. You know, uh, he's a two-time world champion. You know, um, he came to fight. But at the end of the day, man, y'all know I beat him, man. No homo, man. I, I won that fight. Point blank, period. The early rounds, Vargas won the fight through a tremendous amount so more even punches. You hold think on, I hold beat on, him. hold on, hold on. But so then in the middle rounds, hold break? on, hold on, sir. But then so in the middle rounds, you right? turn things around. What turned the fight around and enabled you to connect with your left so often in those middle rounds? I was connecting with rights too. Was you watching? Did you, you got caught around your eyes? Did you no, see? No, they're not. Do you want to answer the question? What changed things from the early rounds to those? I got warmed rounds? up. I got warmed up. And I start putting hands on him. Point blank period. Were you a different fighter with Kevin Cunningham in your corner? Did things, the big changes that you had looked for, were you able to enact them? You're a different fighter with that different suit on. Did things change when you changed that old ass suit? I don't have any different trainers or any different tailors. <laughs> Was your trainer a help this evening? Um, of course. Um, I want to thank Coach Kevin Cunningham. And, and I want to give the biggest thanks to him and the biggest, one of the biggest thanks to my original coach, Mike Stafford, for understanding I needed to do something different and just stay in my corner. So, you know, um, I got to give a good thanks to that. No thought. Would you like to fight Vargas again based on this draw? Hell yeah, but, but let's go to my town. You know, you know, I, I want to fight in where I'm from. This hella Mexicans and shit. Everybody keep booing me and shit. They want rice and chicken. I want some motherfuckers that want some conies around me. Adrian, thank you.
It don't get no better than Adrian Broner's interviews. It just doesn't. Except for the one he did on the radio here with me when he was getting a haircut. That sort of sucked. But outside of that, when he's in his own little world there, of course, he, he sort of slides back and forth, you know, from, from being a horrible person to, argh, to being a good guy and talking about God and Jesse Vargas being a nice guy and all that kind of good stuff. So he, he vacillates in between being an evil guy or trying to portray himself as one that's being uh, uh, somewhat truculent, when I think in reality he's just a kid from the street, okay? And he's a lot unchubbier than he was. What am I trying to say? This new trainer, give him some props. He, he worked off a lot of that weight. You used to be able to see the weight in Adrian Broner's face. I mean, he had a fat face. I kid you, I used to call him chubby. When you have a fat face, you're not taking that weight off, man. You're not taking it off right. Anyway, looks like he took it off right last night. Went 104, weighed 144 pounds, went 12 rounds. He and Vargas should do it again because basically they have nobody else. I mean, they have no other dance partners. Basically, oh, come on. I mean, we're really not going to talk about Adrian Boner fighting the very best at 147 like a Keith Thurman. <clears throat> that ain't going to happen because Keith Thurman's going to beat him. Or Earl Spence. Earl Spence is going to beat him, okay? But I think Broner and, and Vargas, these two sort of B guys, B-plus type of guys, they can go back and forth and do well. Broner now 33-3-1. 24 KOs. I said it came on in the second second end of the fight. As I said, the scores earlier, 115-113, Julie Letterman, and two scores at 114-114, which made it a majority draw. Good fight, no doubt about it. Really, really good fight, and props to both men. Um, Jamal Charlo, now 27-0, 21 wax, knocked out Hugo Santeno of South America with a brutal left hook. 55 seconds into round number two to claim the <clears throat> WBC interim middleweight title, 160-pound belt. On the same card, undefeated super featherweight, Gervonta Davis. Pretty good guy, according to the uh, press releases from Al Heyman and people. 20-0 now, 19 KOs, scored a pretty good KO. Third-round knockout over Jesse Cuellar. Cuellar could fight, and Cuellar could punch, coming in with 21 wax and 28 fights. Fell to 28-3, 21 KOs. Dropped him a couple times. Pretty uh, decisive finish, no doubt about that. And Frampton came alive, baby. That's right. Not Peter Frampton in the 1970s with that album that sold more records almost than any record until Michael Jackson's Thriller. Anyway, Carl Frampton. I'm talking about the Jackal. Of course, a kid from the U.K., former champion at 126, trying to get his belts back. Anyway, bottom line is he defeated uh, the Filipino Flash. He's not really that flashy anymore. I'm talking about Nonito Donaire, 38-4 now, 24 kills. Remember him? 19, take that back, 2007. Talk about a lucky day. 7-7-2007. July 7, 2007, he knocks out Vic Tarchinian and puts Vic into another time zone. I mean, Vic was acting the fool after. We talked about that before. But Vic was just acting the fool afterwards, saying, nobody knocked me out, nobody even knocked me down. Well, that's how, how impaired he was after that punch. Anyway, Donaire now, 38-4, 24 KOs, lost unanimous not across the board to Mr. Frampton, 117-111, or 9-3 in rounds. Bottom line is, time for Nonito to hang it up, man. I mean, I'm trying to tell you, your prime was 11 years ago. 11 years ago. Take a hint. Father time waits for no one, not even the Filipino flash. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing and MMA. Coming up in our next segment, I'm going to bring in Dr. Netan Seti. Who is he? Well, he's sort of like the brain doctor of all brain doctors. He's with the New York State Athletic Commission. He's a neurologist, a neurosurgeon, all that kind of good stuff. Anyway, we're going to pry his brain as to boxing injuries and things like that. Plus, he's got a new article up at the WBO website. I'm talking about WBOboxing.com. He's got an article on boxing and how can how it can be made safer and things like that. So you can maybe check out the article and listen to the show as well. Of course, that's going to be at WBOboxing.com. Dr. Nettisetti's uh, article on the very first page. Speaking of the WBO, we are going to Managua, Nicaragua. That's right. October 29th through November 2nd. Yeah. Pedro's rocking and rolling in the hometown of Alexis Arguello. Of course, Alexis passed a few years ago, but I spent some time with him on that. Same, spent some time with him down there. I spent two weeks with him. It was almost ten days. Ten days. It was quite an event, quite a time, quite an experience in my life. And I'll be looking forward to going back to Nicaragua. Of course, the WBO convention, the thirty first, going to rock and roll October 29th through November second. If you like to experience the WBO. And I'm talking about the clarity of the WBO. You can check out our officials meetings. You can check out our ratings meetings. It's all out in the open. It's all out in the open. Nothing's hidden. There's not a bunch of guys smoking cigars back in the room somewhere or, or, or slipping bribes. With people. It, it don't happen that way. Everything is out in the open. Clarity is what the World Boxing Organization is all about. So check their website out, 
WBOboxing.com. And don't forget, we are rocking and rolling, baby. Rocking and rolling October 29th through November 2nd in Managua, Nicaragua. You are tuned to Ring Talk live on Sports Byline and SB Nation Radio Sports. Woo, it's going to be good. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti-lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you. Every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a Toco plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call Toco at 800-222-2313. 2313. That's 800-222-2313. 800-222-2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warren Tech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. If you're one of the millions of Americans who can't work because of a serious injury or illness, you may be eligible for disability benefits from Social Security. Receiving benefits is your right. It doesn't matter if you've applied before and the government has said no. Let the experienced attorneys at Bill Gordon & Associates help you get the Social Security disability you deserve. Their team of attorneys have been fighting for benefits for people just like you for over 20 years. And best of all, they There's no fee until you receive your benefits. There are many conditions that make you eligible, including some you may not even be aware of. So if you're disabled and unable to work, call Bill Gordon and Associates today for your free no-obligation consultation. See if you qualify for the Social Security benefits you need and deserve. 800-443-4996. 800-443-4996. That's 800-443-4996. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Folks, we often get a little deep on this show as far as uh, boxing and the negative aspects of it, the residual effects of professional boxing and combat sports. Sometimes I take some heat for that, but, you know, what can I say? I like taking the heat because I like being me and being truthful and having clarity is what it's all about. Now, clarity in the world of boxing, of course, when it comes to brain damage and we can bring in nobody more uh, more astute than Dr. Netan Sati, of course, with the New York State Athletic Commission. Still with New York, right, Doc? That's right, Peter. Good, uh, good afternoon to you and your listeners from uh, New York. Fantastic. A very good afternoon, you, sir. How's the family doing? Family's very well. I hope your family is also good. It is. Now, talk to me. The, the new the article you put up at the WBO website, Boxing, How It Can Be Made Safer, um... Talk to me about that. Give me your give me your take on that. Sure, Peter, and thank you for uh, for giving me a voice. I want to just before I start, I want to tell you the views I'm going to express on your shows are mine. They don't express the views of the New York State Athletic Commission. I serve obviously the commission 
in the capacity of the chief medical officer. But what really I expressed in my article was that, you know, I'm very passionate, just like you, about making boxing safe. And recently, obviously, we have all been stunned and, and you know, dismayed, heartbroken by some of the tragedies which have occurred in the ring. And my really concern was, can we make boxing safe? And the article I kind of wrote, and the way it's titled is, yes, it can be made safer, but the culture needs to be needs to change a little bit. And I try try to express to the to the readers of the article what what what's like to be on the other side of the of the fence when you are working as a doctor. What do we experience? What are our difficulties we encounter as we take care of of our fighters? And maybe give the public a kind of an understanding of you know how we can kind of make boxing safe. Interesting. Dr. Nitin said he's our guest, of course, he is with you. I didn't, did you make the cruise? I don't think I saw you on the cruise to Cuba. No, uh, Peter, I was not able to be on the cruise. I was uh, busy at work, and uh, yeah, so, so uh, partly cannot be on the cruise. Well, I, I hijacked the, the, the boat. We didn't get to the Bahamas, actually. They wouldn't let us in, but um, that's another story for another day. But it was a fantastic trip, of course, to, to Cuba, and Cuba's got a uh, rich in boxing history, no doubt about that. Doc, i got to ask you this. The great Alexis Arguello, God rest his soul, told me that he thinks that smaller gloves in boxing are a key to less damage. And I said to him, why? He said, because when you hit somebody once and you rock them, the referee jumps in, he stops the fight, the guy's hurt. But when you have bigger gloves, you have to hit a guy four or five, six times maybe, instead of hitting him just once. And that is that re- that brings on that repetitive concussion syndrome. Of course, that was... That was Alexis didn't know what that meant, but that's what he was talking about. Is he right? Smaller gloves are better, or or, or bigger gloves better? What's your opinion on that? So the, you know that that the glove issue has been looked at and studied in detail. Obviously, that's also an issue which concerns different commissions. So I would I would like not to wade into that territory. Right. What I really wanted to emphasize was one thing which I really would like to get the view out is that. A lot of boxers and their camps don't understand that the initial symptoms of a concussion or, heaven forbid, a traumatic brain injury are really subjective. You, the patient might experience a little bit of headache. They might feel a little dizzy. In the, dizzy. They might feel a little bit of nausea. They might be slightly feeling slightly off balance or double vision. So these are subjective complaints. Even if you are sitting on the ringside and you are an experienced boxing fan, you are obviously very knowledgeable about boxing. And even me as a doctor sitting inside, we may not notice anything is wrong because these are subjective complaints. The boxer has to really tell the doctor, listen, I think something is off. I, I have a headache. Mm-hmm. And, and what I was trying to say in my article was that the boxing culture has become where, you know, nobody wants to quit. A lot of times as doctors, we step up and ask the fighters, are, are you hurt? Are you injured? Does your head hurt? And the answer is always no, 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 no. And that's where I want really to educate the boxing community, the boxers in the corners, that, you know, there's no shame in admitting that you might be hurt. There's, no, there's nothing wrong in saying that. Because by the time something really, you know, if you let that thing progress, by the time the pupils are unequal in size or the, or the boxer is clearly stumbling, unable to maintain, maintain balance, it might be too late to help that boxer. By the time you get the boxer to the hospital, and, you know, there may be a bleeding in the brain, having forbid that. Even if the neurosurgeons go in and try to save him, that box is never going to be like you and me walking, talking. So sometimes it's always safe to kind of, you know, admit it in time and, and, and you know, live to fight another day. Okay. And that's what the message I want to get out, that the boxing culture needs to change. In, in the NFL, the culture has changed. In the NFL, earlier on, you know, when you got a hit, it was thought to be like, you know, suck it up and shake it off and continue playing. And the boxing is still like that, you know, suck it up, shake it off, continue box, you know, and and we don't realize that sometimes that can become very dangerous. Hmm. I, th- I think it's reflex for a fighter to say he's not hurt. But I can tell you, when I fought in the Nationals down there in Las Vegas, Ernie Chavez knocked me down in the second round. And when I got up, I saw about four or five Ernie Chavez's, and there were three referees. So I didn't know which one to talk to. And he said to me, are you okay? And I said, no, I'm not. And I realized I didn't. I mean, I wasn't going to go into a ba- go into battle against seven or eight guys. In other words, it was my common sense, but a lot of times the the macho would take over there, and guys would say, "I'm fine. You're right." And that's how they get hurt. They don't. They won't admit it. 
That is exactly the point I'm trying to make, and that's exactly the point I want to communicate through you, to your fans, to your listeners, is that, and to the boxing community, that, you know, we have to be a little bit more honest. There's no shame in saying that, listen, I cannot hurt, that punch hurt me, I cannot, I'm busy, I'm be off. Because, you know, in boxing, sometimes you don't get a second chance. Heaven forbid that... You, you have suffered a bleed in the brain. Like I said, by the time we stopped the fight, even if we, with a collective effort, we rushed the, doc, the, the boxer to the hospital, the brain bleed has already occurred. So, slowly but surely, I think the education needs to go out. The culture has to change. Just the way it's a change in NFL. We all love boxing. We're all passionate about boxing. And, you know, my, my, my opinion is the more I work, I realize that once the fight is over, most of the boxers, most of the camps, they understand that once the passion's cooled down, they say, okay, fine, Doc, you know what, I know you did the right thing. I'm sorry I got angry at you or I'm sorry, you know, this. But they, they, they understand it. It's just that the, during the fight itself, it's just so much of this sort of, you know, just, just let's go on. Let's just go on no matter what happens. You know, I've seen two ring deaths myself, and I remember the first one in 19, I guess it was 1989, I begged the referee to stop the fight before, like 40 seconds before, Rico Velasquez fell unconscious. He had been knocked down like seven or eight times, and he was beaten up, and he had a broken nose, and Doc, he was in really bad shape. And the doctor there at ringside that night had polio, uh, or a form of polio, so he had these steel crutches on. He never got up in the ring and looked at the guy. So I went to the referee before, before this final round. I said, Hank, you got to stop the fight. He tells me, boy, no, son, go sit down and let me do my job. So 40 seconds later, the kid was history. And, and, and he wasn't going to give it up and, and that he was hurt. And his father, get this, Doc, his father's in his corner. He's been knocked down seven times in his eight-round, nine-round fight. And his do- father says to him, show me some B-A-L-L-S in Spanish. Show me some balls. I mean, good God, he left his life out there. So that over-bravery and, and, and a reluctant corner and a bad doctor, it all led to a fateful leaving. I you know, and I, I share exactly the concerns you express that in the end, if you want to make boxing safe, you know, we all love the sport. The fans love the sport. Everybody wants, you know, boxing to flourish. Everybody wants to see a good fight. But I also truly believe that nobody in the end wants to see a boxer, uh, you know, suffer an injury in the ring, something life-threatening especially. So, you know, slowly but surely, we all have to understand that in the end, it's, it's a collective effort. The boxer needs to tell his camp, if something's wrong with him, the, the coach needs to be aware of that. You know, they know the boxers better than us. They know a guy who's tough and who's not so tough. We as doctors have to do a better job in stepping up, looking at these fighters, trying to make sure that they're okay, asking them questions. Uh, you know, the referees have to be much more sort of knowledgeable about concussions. That, that, that information is now happening in the NFL. You know, the NFL has really been making changes. So why can't we do the same thing in boxing? Why can't we enjoy this sport without, you know, hearing this sad news of somebody losing their life in the in the ring? And that's really, you know, my my sort of my my thrust is education, education, education. We got to get the word out that the initial symptoms are very subjective. They are very subtle. And by the time you really say, oh, I, I think he's clearly not stable, he's clearly stumbling around in the ring, it might be too late. It might be too late to help that boxer anyway. You know, you know what it is, Doc, is that I see the residual effects. I see, I've seen guys from the NFL 15 years later, and I look at them, and they're, and they're going to sleep at 6.30 at night and things like that, and, and their life is turned upside down, and they're not remembering things, and, and, and like they're punch drunk, and, and they've never been hit in a boxing ring for saying I was I was puzzled by all this, but but you see the residual effects of contact sports, both uh, boxing, uh, the MMA world, and of course, and the world of the NFL. Real quick, I got a minute and a half left. Is marijuana a benign drug when it comes to the recreational drugs available nowadays? Would you consider it the, the, the most benign of the drugs that are available? You know, that's a really good question, and without getting into the sort of the you know details about what level of ma- marijuana is acceptable, not acceptable. The only point I'll try to make is I don't think so marijuana is benign, benign in that regard. You know, marijuana, just like any other drug nowadays, you know, marijuana is used for medical purposes, chronic headache, chronic pain, uh, seizure disorder. Marijuana, just like any other, any other thing, does have some side effects. Too much of marijuana will cause you mental changes, you know, behavioral changes. Uh, too much of marijuana might cause mood changes. So 
Uh, marijuana has been looked at. It has certainly some telepathy, medicinal purposes, helpful in regard. But I would say just like you use any other drug in your system and put something in it, you've got to be careful about medical marijuana. You can't just say it's benign. I mean, you have to just have to have to have respect for marijuana also. What, is, what, does, what does it finally do to your body? You know, Doc, that's why I've got you on the show. Dr. Nedden said he say hello to your family. We'll talk soon. I love you, man. Thank you for your time. You're very welcome, Peter. Thank you for having me on. The great Dr. Netan Seti, folks, New York State Athletic Commission. I think he's got a whole lot of degrees. Bottom line is he is the man when it comes to brain injuries and boxing. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live on Sports Byline, SB Nation Radio Sports. Open phone lines around the planet, 1-800-878-PLAY. That's 1-800-878-7529. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, baby! Data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Frank Thomas, the Big Hurt. After I left baseball, I just couldn't stay in shape like I used to. Turns out, once you hit 40, your body has less free testosterone, and that can make it harder to get into shape. So I got back into the game with Nugenics. I'm feeling stronger with a lot more energy and drive. You want to get back into shape? Get Nugenics. All you have to do is send one simple text. Frank's right. Just text LIKE to 42424 to get a complimentary bottle of award-winning Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Its unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, a patented key ingredient clinically researched to help a man feel stronger, leaner, more energetic, and more passionate. And guys, she'll like the difference too. Nugenic samples are not available in stores. To get your complimentary bottle, text LIKE to 42424. That's L-I-K-E to 42424. It has been said that everyone has a book in them. But do you have the time or the ability to write your book? Maybe you picked up some skills or had a life experience that you want to pass on in the form of a book to help others. Maybe you want to leave an autobiography for your family. Or maybe you've built a successful business and you want to share your story. At Dorrance Publishing Company, we have professional writers who can help turn your book idea into a finished manuscript quickly and affordably. A Dorrance ghostwriter can provide as much or as little help as you need to complete your book. You'll work directly with your ghostwriter to finish your book faster than you ever could on your own. It's easy to become a published author. Call Dorrance now to learn more. 800-485-6003. Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. That's 800-754-4531. This night, the referee is going to be the most important man in the ring other than the fighters. Come on, Roy, you gotta Johnny, you gotta and do it, you gotta do this and Roy is doing everything, man. Come on. Norman Stone just called his fighter Roy. This motherfucker! Fight him! Go and get him! Go on, fight this guy! Hands up! You think you go to the body, you come up to the head! Come up to the head! Fight him! Come on, Johnny! Fight him! Take the title away from you! The referee sucks! All you work for! The ref sucks! Fight him! The referee! Come on! Get out there! Fight him! 
I was at the Paris Hotel in Las Vegas. Uh, Colonel Bob Sheridan and myself televised that fight. I'm talking about Evander Holyfield and John Ruiz. And unbelievably, unbelievably, can I say, John Ruiz lost that fight. And I thought he lost it, no doubt about it. But they had another rematch. They had a rematch like like, like eight months later. They had a rematch. I couldn't believe it. And, of course, that went, of course, to John Ruiz. And they had the third fight, the trilogy, if you want to call it. And it was a draw. I think it was anything to take keep the title away from Evander Holyfield. Straight up, John Ruiz, I used to call him Johnny Louise because he was so so pathetic, man. If I was a heavy, I'm serious. He is the definition, how can I put this, of, of why I would have loved to have been a heavyweight with the abilities I had. Because if he became heavyweight champion of the world, I could have licked him like a stamp. He was, I mean, Johnny Louise, Johnny Louise. And when I call him Johnny Louise, let me tell you, we're at a fight, David Tua and somebody else is rocking and rolling in Las Vegas and and we're at the Cox Arena, which is on the UNLV campus there, uh, right next to the Thomas and Mack Center. It's a smaller arena. Anyway, we're watching the David Tua fight, and John Ruiz is like three rows in front of me. And I'm yelling, Johnny Louise! Johnny Louise! And he keeps getting up and waving and this and that. And everybody around me knows he's being dog except him. Bottom line is, he was the butt of the joke. <laughs> he always is the butt of the joke. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're insane. Hey, Norman Stone there talking all that crazy stuff. Of course, he was back for a couple more fights, made a lot of money. His mouth alone, his mouth alone, you heard him running that mouth when he ran the mouth at the post-fight press conference that Ruiz had been robbed by the referee and by all this kind of good stuff. That sort of prompted another fight and mandated another fight because I think he went to the World Boxing Association, the world of Bunko and Anarchy, I call it, of course, down there in Panama, and he got them to mandate a rematch. Of course, then Ruiz won the rematch. <clears throat> Incredibly weird to me that I didn't think he won that one. Of course, then the third fight was a draw. Bottom line is, John Ruiz should have been arrested for impersonating a heavyweight champion. That's just the way it is. No, no doubt about it. Open phone lines around the planet. 1-800-878-PLAY. That's 1-800-878-757. Sort of cool back in the day when when uh, <clears throat> when uh, Don King was running stuff at the Paris Hotel. And I think that August 12th date, I think that might have been the last date that... Uh, that referee that killed himself down there was work, man. That was that was a whole. You know, when I look at Las Vegas, the guys that, that have died and killed themselves and committed suicide over the years. I mean, it's just been crazy. It has. It's been crazy. A whole an overwhelming number of guys that that I knew down there that were associated with boxing are now dead. In fact, can I say I'm not going to name them all because some of their relatives listen to this show and, and they know what I'm talking about. But the bottom line is, there was a spat. I guess about 10 years there from about 1990 to about 2000 where about four or five guys or real important guys in town just very died mysteriously. Hey, it happens. Sin City, Las Vegas, you know, whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <clears throat> yeah, except if you're uh, Tony Spilatro, of course, the guy that ran the mob down there. I told you when he fettened uh, Don King's PR guy, a guy that was writing for me with Flash Magazine, Jim Hunter, who was also working for the Hilton Hotel as a PR guy, but Hunter sat down at uh, Anthony Spilatro's uh, seat when Anthony went to the bathroom. Anthony was the, like the mob ruler. He was the enforcer from Chicago, the Chicago mob enforcer in Las Vegas for their mob. And he was running the skim at the Stardust and a few casinos around town, loan sharking, murdering people. I mean, they called him the ant. He was like five foot three inches tall, but he was a monster. I seen him a couple of times with the fights. A scary guy. Anyway, Jim Hunter crossed him one night, sat in his seat. Shouldn't have done that. The bartender told him to get up and move. And he didn't go. He didn't move the first time. And the bartender grabbed his hand and squeezed his hand and told him, "Find another seat." And he was going to talk some smack. He decided not to. He got up and turned around and he looked down at Anthony Spilatro. Of course, he's the guy that you see Goodfellas, all that kind of good stuff. That's him. That's the guy. The guy that put the guy's head in the vice and squeezed it. I think it was Joe Pesci's character. Yeah, that was Anthony Spilatro. So that guy was the real deal as far as animals were concerned. No doubt about it. 
Going back to the world of boxing, of course, Earl Spence, the world welterweight champion in a lot of people, in a lot of people's minds, of course, 2012 Olympic gold medalist, 23-0 now, 20 KOs, make the second defense of the IBF title, 147 pounds, that is, against undefeated challenger Carlos Ocampo. Carlos has no chance. Take that back. Carlos has two chances, slim and none, and like Don King said, slim just left town on the Greyhound. Anyway, Ocampo's 22-0, 13 KOs from Ensenada, Baja, Mexico. He's promoted by uh, Zafra Promotions. Good people, good promoters, but... He ain't beating Earl Spence. Hey, we're going to say Spence probably not going to get beat for a while. The Spence fight, I think I'd like to see, was with Keith Thurman. Of course, Keith Thurman, an upper echelon fighter at 147, coming back, I believe, from some minor surgery. But he's the real deal. Keith Thurman's the real deal. Earl Spence is the real deal. I mean, I think that Crawford's going to be the real deal at 147 if he makes the transition. The transition from 140 from junior welterweight to welterweight is astronomical in size and weight. I know you guys are sitting to me, man, it's only eight pounds. You know, yeah, it's only eight pounds, I know, but it's a world of difference. I just know because I fought at junior welterweight, and I fought at welterweight. And I fought, when I fought at welterweight, yee, you're going to say it's, it, was, it was a different world. The guys are bigger, stronger, and you hit them hard, and they hit harder. And they're wearing the small gloves. They're wearing eight-ounce gloves, and they're whacking you, okay? It ain't the same thing as getting whacked by guys at 139 and 140. Believe me, it ain't the same thing. So when I talk about, you know, making the weight, that being the toughest part of boxing, toughest part of combat sports, I mean it. Making that weight, making that weight in the best of condition. I mean, Roberto Duran used to make weight, and he thought all he had to do was, like, tip 159 in the scales. It didn't matter if he was fat and flabby. As long as if he was 159 in his mind, he was in shape. Well, that was a fantasy. Obviously, it didn't work that way. Speaking of Duran, doing his thing now in Miami, got to give him props, man. You know, on the Mount Rushmore boxing, I talked about that the other day. The three faces there, of course, Ray Robson, Joe Lewis, and Muhammad Ali. Well, the fourth face in my mind, hands of stone. Think about it. Think about it. Started out at 122, 122 pounds, like in 1967, okay? Went undefeated, won the lightweight championship, got lazy, and, of course, lost a non-title fight, of course, to Esteban de Jesus, came back and beat him twice. I mean, he was the real deal, man. He was a monster at 135, but that wasn't his peak. His peak was when he was able to move up in weight. I just talked about how difficult it was when he moved up to 147 and he beat Sugar Ray Leonard in his prime. Prime events, prime against prime. Maybe Durant wasn't in his prime. He was 32 years old then. But prime against prime, and Durant beat him like beat him down that night. Like, like the president would say, beat him like a dog. Okay, he did. Beat him down that night, of course. And then Durant came back and won titles at 154. He beat Davey Moore. I mean, he wasn't supposed to beat Davey Moore. Davey Moore, the late Davey Moore, he was bigger. He was stronger. I mean, he had a good jab. He was going to keep Duran on the outside. Duran was just a slow old man. Yeah, Duran lit him up like a White House Christmas tree. Of course, that was the 154-pound belt. Then Duran went and fought Marvin Hagler at 160 and was holding him well. They went 15 rounds. Duran's a lightweight champion and went 15 rounds with the world middleweight champion, a guy that weighs 25 pounds, naturally heavier than him. 25 pounds. Gave up the 25 pounds. Theoretically, it, you're giving up that size. If you're a 135-pounder and you're fighting 160-pounders, you're giving up 25 pounds no, any way you look at it, okay? Size, body mass, muscle, all that kind of good stuff. Wow, that's a whole lot to go against. But Duran did it, and after 12 rounds, Roberto, in the minds of most people, was winning the fight. So he lost in the last three rounds. Why? Because Marvin was bigger, stronger, and a little bit younger, I think. At that. Was Mar- I think Marvin might have been a little bit younger at that point. Bottom line is, Marvin Hagler, of course, the world middleweight champion, the, the, the anointed one, the one that couldn't be beat. But yet this lightweight champion took him to school for 12 rounds and would have beat him if it had been a 12-round fight. But, of course, Ray Leonard sees that. Wow, that's happening. I'm, that's 1984, right? Ray's looking at that saying, hmm, hmm, maybe I'll come back and fight Hagler. Yeah, in three years. He waited three more years for Hagler to deteriorate before he fought Marvin Hagler again. Of course, Hagler had the, the war with Tommy Hearns, but that war he had with but John the Beast Mugabe, I believe, was was undefeated, I think, at that point in time. Yeah, he was undefeated. He was a 154-pound WBC champion, stepping up and weight to 160. He and Marvin went back and forth. It was one of the most vicious fights I've ever seen in my life. Just, just a phone booth type of fighter. I was sitting in the fourth row. It was like mind-blowing, outdoor arena, mind-blowing in Las Vegas. These two guys just engaging. I'm saying to myself, there's a lot of brain cells on the floor here. I mean, there's a, I mean I'm telling you, there's a lot of damage being done. A lot of damage being done, of course. And then Ray saw that. Ray saw that. And then Ray waited some more. Ray Leonard waited some more. Now, I love Ray. You guys know that. Trained with Ray. Been around Ray. Hung out with Ray. Drank with Ray. Party with Ray. All that kind of good stuff. But got to tell it like it is, man. When it came down to him and Duran, 
Duran was the superior fighter. Even though Tommy Hearns knocked out Duran, Sugar Ray Robinson told me that Duran was the superior fighter. How come? Pound for pound, baby. The ability to move up in weight. No doubt about it. Duran was a king. Always will be the king, I think. And he belongs to have his spot on Mount Rushmore. No doubt about it. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing and MMA. Super welterweight Ramon Alvarez, the brother of the chief. I'm talking about Canelo Alvarez, of course. Uh, I, I ate some tainted meat. I'm sorry. But not right. Not once, but twice. But, you know, you got that body. I mean, he's got a body that looks like a Adonis, some cyborg type of thing, some robot type of thing. And he's Mexican. So when you look at the genes, and I'm not talking about, like, Calvin Klein or Levi's. I'm talking about G-E-N-E-S. When you look at the genes, I don't know too many Mexicans built like that guy. Plus, when the jaw gets real square, the jaw gets real square, that's an indication you're taking Flintstone vitamins. What do I call Flintstone vitamins? The whole gamut. Performance-enhancing drugs, be it human growth hormone, you know, all that, all that crazy stuff. The clear, the cream, all that stuff that's developed by, of course, Victor Conti. It's, they're hip to it now, but what about the stuff that people have been developing since Conti got popped? Because this is undetectable. They're able to pull this stuff off. Of course, guys you know, like Canelo, thinking they're slick, think they're going to get by, and the WBC is doing it. The WBC and a couple of other organizations, as well as the Nevada State Athletic Commission, was doing um, a random drug. They knew they were coming for drug testing. They knew it, but they thought they can get by with it because there were trace elements in there. And trace elements tell me that he did a cycle, he did a cycle, and he was coming off the cycle. He was coming down off the cycle, and they caught him at the tail end. That's just the way it is. That's the way steroid cheats have told me the way it goes. You know, he was coming down at the end. He thought he was clean, but there was just a trace element left, not once but twice. So Canelo off. Of course, the fight going on the uh, the 5th of May will take place at the StubHub Center. And, of course, hey, you know, you got to give, what can I say? you got to give Gennady Golovkin a little bit of credit. I mean, he needs a fight. He'll fight anybody. There's no doubt about it. 37-0, of course, one draw, 33 KOs. That draw coming against Canelo is going to take on the Nightmare. And why is he taking on the Nightmare? Vanis the Nightmare, Matriosin, because Matriosin's from Southern California. And they, they're going to do this like, fight like in two weeks. So he can draw from the local crowd. They're hoping Golovkin can draw. They're trying to portray him as some Mexican draw. Golovkin, yeah, the, he's not the next Julio Cesar Chavez, man. That blows me away. You can't make a guy Mexican. You can't say he fights Mexican, he's Mexican. He's not Mexican. He's Gennady Golovkin, totally different. Of course, 37-0 coming off that draw with Canelo, uh, 33 KOs. The fight not happening. He's probably going to get about a million, million five here for this date. But, you know, he was looking at maybe 8 to $10 million with Canelo. So he loses a huge, huge payday, something he might not ever be able to make up. You are tuned to Ring Talk, live on Sports Byline, SD Nation Radio Sports. Hour number one of two today. Of course, the Sunday edition of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Check it out. This is John Mellencamp. I saw him about two years ago. He was rocking the Paramount Theater in Oakland, California. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Thank you, Pedro. You want to run tomorrow? I'll be ready. You going to run tomorrow morning? Yeah, 530. I'm leaving tomorrow at 10. I'll run with you tomorrow morning. Okay, babe. Okay. Well, you have to talk to my lawyer on that one. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how 
simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit. One quick three-minute phone call, that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published. Pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number. 800-603-0885. 800-603-0885. That's 800-603-0885. If you are age 85 or younger, call to learn more about final expense plans from a licensed agent in the Angel Care Network. The average funeral now costs over $10,000. Are you at risk of leaving loved ones to help pay your debts? A final expense policy for seniors can pay up to $30,000 for funeral and other final expenses. You don't need a medical exam and you can have lifetime coverage and the policy cannot be canceled. To receive free information about final expense plans from a licensed agent in the Angel Care Network. Call now. You'll also receive information about a free prescription discount card just for calling in. Agents are standing by. Call 800 508 5774. 800 508 5774. 800 508 5774. Call now. That's 800 508 5774. Attention timeshare owners, this is an urgent consumer alert from Resort Release, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get rid of their expensive timeshares. Once you've made that decision to get rid of your timeshare for any reason, Resort Release is offering a Better Business Bureau accredited way to legally get rid of your timeshare guaranteed. We guarantee to get rid of your timeshare payments permanently, even if you've tried another company to get rid of your expensive timeshare call now and see if we can help you at resort release you don't pay anything until you're ready if you're ready to learn how to permanently get rid of your costly timeshare make this complimentary free call right now 800-598-0539-800-598-0539-800-598-0539 that's 800-598-0539 now more of ring talk with pedro fernandez let's get out of this hot sun into a nice cool bar in a few minutes honey you guys know i like hanging with joe kazumi i call him tokyo joe he's like the dean of the journalist uh, journalistic world when it comes to boxing and i guess mma is worldly uh in japan but anyway he had this article this week on the internet going, the worst week in japanese boxing history it was like like they, no, it wasn't, but that's Joe. I mean, bottom line is you can check out his work on the internet. Check him out. I'm talking about Tokyo Joe Kazumi, the inside look when it comes to the world of boxing and the island in the sun. Check it out. Hour number two of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. We'll talk a little MMA. Mention the fact that Bruno San Martino, the former wrestling champion, passed away at the age of 82. And people were surprised. Can you believe that? How the hell can you be surprised when somebody dies at the age of 82? How can you be surprised? I don't care what kind of shape he's in, but how can you be surprised? You just can't. I'm 60. I I'm not, wouldn't be surprised if I died now. I just wouldn't. Bottom line is, you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Hour number one of two here on Sports Byline at SB Nation Radio Sports. So, hour number two coming up after the news. Open phone lines once again around the planet. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide on Sports Byline and SB Nation Radio Sports. <laughs> 